1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real, practical advice? I'm Diggory Waite, and this is the real sex education. Every other week, I'll be joined by a guest. We'll impart our own sex wisdom ask our own sex questions, and we'll go over all the things they don't teach you in school. But in order to do this, I need an expert. A sexpert, if you will. But the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, Mum.
2: Hello, Diggs.
0: In this episode, we speak to comedian and actor Jack Barry about his sex education.
1: For men, it's like, you guys are going to have the best time. And then, for women, it's a bit like that opening scene in Saving Private Ryan.
0: The importance of communication in open relationships. I feel
1: like you've got to just say everything, and maybe too much sometimes. My partner does think I've got a bit of a big mouth.
0: And giving his parents marriage counselling.
1: Oh Why would we pay a therapist to do something? You know, you know us better, so why don't you just tell us what we need to do to fix our relationship? Hello
0: and welcome to The Real Sex Education. I'm Digby Waits and as ever I'm joined by accredited sex relationship therapist Kate Campbell. Hello mum.
2: Hello Diggs.
0: We're very glad to be joined by actor, comedian and Chris Packett extraordinaire Jack Barry. Jack thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hello thank you for having me. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited.
0: Yes we're so excited to have you on we're so, because we, we've been more recently doing like we've had a lot of experts on not saying you're not a sex expert I'm yes sure that we could, and we'll today get to is that. no
1: different is what yeah, you, yeah, I exactly you're
0: <laughs> but uh, but we had we had we've had a few comedians and people on in the past and you know we'd start by asking what their sex education was like but now we've transitioned a bit away from that but today we're so excited to get back to that so Great. my first question for you is um just to get straight into it how was your sex education
1: yeah pretty limited i suppose mm. i did a show about it actually a few years ago because i always felt very underprepared i mean i'm sure it was like a lot of people it was it was about 2 weeks i think 2 weeks mm. of science class and uh it was very scientific very like mechanical it was like this A very heterosexual as well. It's like this bit goes in here and then the man comes and everybody, the woman doesn't need to come. That's fine. That's like a luxury. And then, you know, they shake hands (laughs) and you say, job well done. And then hopefully there's a baby unless you're a heathen. And um, that was sort of it. (laughs) It was was so so confusing. I genuinely, I didn't really understand what masturbation was after my sex education. Because like, I think it was like year seven when I had it. So I was like about 11 and all they told us about masturbation, they were like, it's when the man strokes his penis and... And that was how they described it. And I I actually hadn't started masturbating at that point, but they were like, "Every man does it, and it's when you and I would stroke my penis sometimes. Sure, when I was, you know, like sometimes when you're just watching TV, you just like, yeah, you keep an eye on it like a cat. It's like a house cat sitting on your, (laughs) yeah. What it sounds
2: like, you'd go here, kitty, 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 and just stroking away, just 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 making sure
1: that it was okay. So I was like, oh, that must be it then. They were like, they Mm. told me it's, it's everybody does it. And so I thought that's what masturbation was for like a couple of years until I Mm. sort of actually, and I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. I just thought that was it. It was so badly (laughs) explained to me. I just didn't really understand.
0: Also the classic thing of like, oh, masturbation is for guys. Guys, listen up. It's your bit. It's the masturbation bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Women, put all the girls, put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 until this bit's over because you don't need to hear this. Um,
0: yeah this bit's rank it's horrible it's just dirty boys that do this bit yeah fingers in your ears
1: it really is like it's like yeah for men it's like sex education is like you guys are gonna have the best time oh Mm. and then for for women it's a bit like that opening scene in saving private ryan it's like there's gonna be a lot of blood and danger and your friend's gonna lose an arm and you're, you're gonna be lucky if you survive And then, you know, men, it's like, da-da-da, it's like a festival. Everybody's having a great time. And it was, yeah, years afterwards that I just always assumed that when I was having sex with a girl, she would be having a great time. Mm. (laughs) And it was only years later that I realized that actually... The first few times I had sex, I, I don't think the woman was having any fun at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it might um, have been, she might have been having a good laugh, you know. She There's might have been, yeah. Maybe that, she tells, that's still possible. tells the story. It might have been humorous. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's always a possibility. It is surprising how often I see couples and sort of say, um, to, to them, and do you usually climax and during intercourse? And, and the man goes, Oh, yes, she always does. And the woman goes, No, not usually. Ah. And they're horrified. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot. And they haven't sort of discussed mm. it up until that point. Well, no, assumptions are made, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you You just, I think that's just what sex education was really. It was just like, well, when the man mm. finishes, that's, it's, it's, it's that's time. That's the to, end of it. It's time to call it mm. a day. Good game.
2: Time for a snooze. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, for...
1: and uh, yeah, and, and in terms of like, yeah, any sort of mutual joy or... Even just like the mechanics of how to bring joy to each other. There was no education in that whatsoever. No. Mm. I mean, there should be two, I feel, maybe. There's like, you kind of need that mechanical, like, this is how babies are made. This is, you should wear a condom maybe when you're about 11, because you're too young to really get it then. And then maybe when you're like 15, you have it again, where it's like, and this is how you make sure everyone's having a nice time.
0: Um, mm, and definitely, is, and these mm. are the different relationship styles, and these are the different sexualities, yes, and-, and yeah,
2: hetero, yeah,
0: yeah. exactly, yeah, and ex-
2: a lot more about people who don't like sex, you know, and yeah. sexualities mm. as well. That's always left out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, and how different things can turn you on, like
1: non-sexual mm. things, and and you can actually get like a close, intimate relationship with someone without touching them sometimes. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think absolutely. That's-
2: I'm still traumatized by the by the question we had about hair. Someone who was turned on by hair.
1: Yeah. They, they had a
0: hair fetish and yeah. uh, their girlfriend got their hair cut and they were, they were mortified and they were like, can I ask her to wear a wig? We no. Like, I, they just, they I don't into think it anymore. Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How bad is it? Because it was like a fetish. Like, I think the difference, proper right, fetish, mum, yeah. is like the difference between a kink and a fetish is a kink is like something you like, you like and it's yeah. fun every now and then. A fetish is like, I need this. Yes. I need this to get me turned on. And yeah. it was their fetish. It was like long hair was like their thing. So when their mm. girlfriend cut their hair, they were like, I don't know what to do now.
1: This, is mm. done, this has done it for me. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I felt the same way when my, when my, uh, my girlfriend cut her feet off. That was, um, <laughs> that, was, that was that was a hard moment for me.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> I was like, can, <laughs> can don't be allowed to, get to that. wear shoes anywhere yeah. on the end? Stuff them with yeah. something.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that's such a shame, those, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, you get those novelty Halloween like severed feet. And you just stick those on, and yeah, you're like, this, this is fine. Yeah, this yeah, works. yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could I could get something with this. No, I don't really yeah. have a foot fetish. I think uh, I don't.
2: Yeah. I don't, I
1: don't. Yeah, I don't know what fetishes
2: I have. Diggory used to have a false arm, didn't you? What? You, yeah. That you got for oh, Christmas. Oh,
0: right, yeah. We're talking about a severed false full, full arm, yeah, which I did actually. I always, I was constantly going up to people and I'd put up my sleeve and then I'd like shake their hand and then obviously my arm would come off. That's I did really that good. All the time. And would you do that during, that
1: during sex as well?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously shaking hands at the end would be like, well done, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. It would come up like, <laughs> it was
1: my fake arm the entire time.
0: <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the whole 30 seconds, yeah. <laughs> so, so what about, um, so how was your relationship with sex and relationships grown from then? Because obviously I'm, I'm sure you know a lot more now. Again, in that stand-up show, you sort of say that you are what is it, an amateur, an amateur sexer? You you do like your sex?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a professional, but uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I I'm, I'm a keen amateur, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, I um, yeah, I think I'm I try to be sex positive, and I think um, in the last few years I've sort of um, opened up a bit sexually. I think hmm. you sort of. Um, my first, my first relationships, my first sort of proper serious relationship was when I learned about female pleasure and how to actually make sure that she's having a good time. Um, but it was still quite a traditional relationship in terms of like uh, monogamy and jealousy and mm. those sorts of traits. And um, my current partner we've been together for quite a few years now. We we sort of opened up our relationship a, a few mm. years ago after some conversations about sex positivity and just like being together forever and how to navigate spending the rest of our lives together. Mm. And it just sort of, um, yeah, it just sort of, it, it sort of slowly snowballed into this like more open relationship that we've got now. Mm. I mean, to go into details, my, my partner's bisexual and she grew up in quite a traditional, quite conservative area in South America. She's from Argentina mm. and there just weren't really any lesbians in her town. So she would moved over to here when we first started going out with each other. And it was about three years into our relationship that she was like, oh, I've never really had any sexual experiences with women, even though mm. I'm bisexual. And I was like, well, that's awful. You, know, you must try it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can thought, personally recommend. I yeah. can recommend. You You must try having sex with women. It really is wonderful. And, yeah. um, and so I sort of said to her at the time, like, I think you should... You, you you should go and you should have some sexual experiences with women, and um,
0: and you meant that genuinely.
1: You weren't, I, and there was no jealousy from your side. Or anything you were just like, "There, do it, go for yeah, it." Yeah, no, there wasn't. And I and I've said this to sort of friends of mine before, like lesbian friends of mine, who have been mm. a bit like, "I think that's a bit problematic." You know, this it's this traditional idea that like I think men are like, "Oh, I don't feel so threatened mm. if my partner has sex with a woman than I do." Mm. And I can see why, why it's a bit offensive because it, it sort of suggests that homosexual relationships are less meaningful than heterosexual relationships. Yeah. But I think from my point of view, I just felt like it was like, it was just different hardware, you know. It's just mm-hmm. like, I cannot provide sex with a woman because I do not have the necessary components. If my partner goes and has sex with another man, there's like a little part of me that's just like, well, I've got penis. So if you are having sex with other penis, what's wrong with my penis? But if you Mm. want to have sex with vagina, that's not on my menu. I can recommend it, you know, like a (laughs) maitre d' in a restaurant. It's the the vagina is excellent this evening. I must recommend, (laughs) but I, um, yeah, I can't provide that. So, um, so we sort of, yeah, we discussed that for a while. And then she sort of said, oh, I think I'd prefer it if you were there. So we had threesomes a few times with a friend. Mm. with a and um, And then it just sort of spiraled from there. There was like one time where I was away and my partner and the friend who we'd had our threesomes with, they were together. And there was a mm. moment where it was like, oh, can we have sex? Oh, Jack and I haven't discussed it yet. So then we had a yeah. conversation about it afterwards. It was like, how would you feel? if we had sex and I wasn't there and I was like, I'd be okay with it. So then we sort of started doing it that way. And then it just kind of moved from there. And we were like, well, how about we just sort of open this up? And it just sort of came by increments, just like by steps. Mm. And I wouldn't say there was like no jealousy. It's like, cause it is like a thing that's kind of drilled into us, isn't it? Like we have to feel jealousy and we should. And if you care and if you really love someone then you have to like, grab onto them and not share them with anybody and i feel like it's also like drilled into us that like if you do have ever have sex with somebody else something in your relationship is going to be broken Mm. and i think each time one of us had sex with somebody else when we weren't there there was like a little bit of a fear or nervousness on my part anyway that it would be different between us and that we would have lost Mm. something and it would be but then we realized that actually it wasn't. It was exactly the same. And if anything, it felt we felt kind of closer because it felt like we appreciated our relationship even more. Mm. Um, and it's sort of, yeah, I don't know. I don't always know the way, the way to articulate it. But I feel like, you know, with a lot of monogamous relationships, people go, right, we're in a relationship now and then that's you're done you know once you're married yeah. it's like well then you you're locked in and mm. it's sort of it stops you from putting much effort into making sure that the relationship still works for you both whereas mm. if you're polyamorous and you're seeing other people then you can like borrow things and you learn from other people and you bring that back to your main relationship and and it helps you to strengthen it I think that's what I found anyway I feel like it's brought us a lot closer
2: together and I mean did you did you feel weird opening up did you feel weird going off and and meeting other people yourself I yeah mean, how did that happen yeah Was yeah that an odd kind of transition
1: a little bit yeah and, I'm, and I think I'm still figuring out that bit of it for sure like um the idea of like going on dating apps and stuff like that and and I find dating apps quite hard and Especially when you're like finding people on a dating app, and in your profile, you know you've got I'm married, by the way, <laughs> but yeah, but it's cool, mm. and I'm and, and I'm looking for something like that, and it's it's a very small like pool of people I think who are okay with that, and and are looking mm. for something similar, um, and so I'm still sort of navigating the best way to meet people who are looking for that kind of uh, arrangement, and for the most part, it's like people that I know already are like friends yeah we're still sort of navigating it i'd say we're still trying to figure yeah. it
2: out so how much do you talk about it when you've when you've had a date do you discuss it do you know when you're going on dates or do you just keep that to yourself
1: no we pretty much discuss everything yeah no i, I mean i'm big into sort of communication i know like some other people i've met with open relationships and they're like it's a don't ask don't tell policy in our relationship yeah, classic. yeah. you know we'll mm. go on dates with other people but i don't want to know about it um mm but i i 'm big into communication. I feel like you've got you got to say everything and and maybe too much sometimes my my partner does think i 've got a bit of a big mouth and a tendency to overshare but, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's you got everything on the table then that's there 's no surprises you know and that 's mm. I think how you feel safest in a relationship mm. usually is is you know where you 're at i mean because I that 's the main problem with like cheating in a relationship isn 't it I think it 's mm. People act like there's some kind of like magical spell, and as soon as you touch genitals with another person, then mm. that is what crumbles the relationship. But it's not really; it's the lying, isn't it? And it's the deceit. Yeah. yeah. So I try and just say literally everything that's going on, <laughs> and then mm. and then there can be no surprises.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it, it sounds as though you've really made an effort to sort of future-proof the relationship, and yeah, yeah.
1: Well that was sort Just of where it came end. from. It was like I sort of was my parents relationship counselor for a bit. Um, yeah. They were going Good through grief. a bit of a tough time and they wanted to they, you know they were sort of thinking about splitting up and and I kept on saying to them you need to talk to a professional. You need to go and talk to but I don't know if this is ages to say but I feel like their generation is a bit more suspicious of therapy or counseling. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't see the benefit of it. They were like, "Well, why would we pay a therapist to do something? You know, you know what's better. So why don't you just tell us <laughs> what we need to do to fix our relationship?" And I was like, Got yeah. "All
2: those years of training, <laughs> yeah, right. <just> <laughs> I, I think you kind of need There's like a degree kids. or
1: something. Um, yeah, well, I'm not qualified for this. But it just became quite clear that like I could I could kind of see some of the mistakes they had made mm. that had led to them being in this situation now." And so my partner and I sort of started discussing like, what can we do now to make sure that we don't end up in a situation down the line where we're not really communicating Mm. properly and we don't. And so that was when we sort of started communicating everything. And then it was like, oh, right. And also, yeah, I think opening up the relationship and, and having relationships with other people and not having all the pressure on our relationship might release some of the tension as well. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of yeah, that was part of the reason that we ended up in this situation that we're in now. And so, with with
0: other partners, is it shorter term stuff, or would you call other partners girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever? And but there would always be this bedrock relationship as I well. I think that's or is what we're.
1: All... I think that's what we're aiming for is that we might have yeah. like something more regular and like a. But up until now, it hasn't. You got to find, I mean it's hard enough to find one person who wants to go out with you you know to find one person <laughs> yes. who wants to go out with you while you're married to somebody else is like even yeah. harder so I'm still we're both still in the search for like the right person um mm. I think the dream really would be like a person who finds us both both attractive and maybe we could have a three but I think it's really hard to find like that right person so yeah. I think um at the moment, it's just like we're seeing, we're meeting people. I'm just
2: trying to imagine what it would be like at Christmas when you're deciding whose parents to go and visit when there's three of you. It's yeah, yeah. Enough with two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's true. This is what the main thing that I can find with polyamory. I've heard, like, have you read that book, The Ethical Slut? Yeah. I read that. Mum loves it. Yeah. I, no, I do. I, I read that. I thought you would have done. I read that when we, when we were first sort of talking about this and my main mm. thought reading it was like god it sounds like a lot of admin <laughs> yes yes, yes. Exactly. one of
0: my main questions here is admin and and like uh, what's it diary diary management like yeah. so
1: much yeah time management yeah and that that is what something that i found i i someone i found on a dating app last summer and we went on a couple of dates and then it it kind of ended up fizzling out just because I genuinely didn't, we didn't have time to meet up with each mm. other. Mm. Um, I was trying to write this new Edinburgh show, so I was working most evenings. And so being a comedian is really the worst job for this as well because there's, there's <laughs> no time for date nights because you're always gigging yeah. in the evening. Yeah, so, yeah, um Yeah, so there's a lot of different things to try and navigate. One of my best friends who um, was the person that we first started having the threesomes with, they've always just been like an on and again, off again, sexual partner, but also one of my best friends. And, mm. you know, that is a relationship that really works. I find at the moment, it's like, mm. you know, we all love each other as friends and when it's convenient as sexual partners as well. And something like that is, is perfect, you know? So like, yeah, yeah. Finding more, people like that to have like a, a, a bit of a network of people who have their own partners, but then also are open and you can mm. just all be friends and like have this kind of wider friendship, sexual family would, would be the dream really. That's, mm. that's, that's what I think would be ideal to build. It's funny. It's just, it's going to sound really cheesy, but it genuinely is like when we first started discussing it and me and Martina, it was like, we felt so solid in our relationship and our it felt like there's so much love here. We genuinely feel like we've got some to share and mm. I think it's like the cliche of polyamory and I always see people talking about it. They're like polyamory is a thing that people do when their relationship isn't working and they feel like if they mm. open it up and have sex with other people, then that might fix their broken relationship. And I think that's how most people see all polyamory. And it's like, mm. I think that does happen. And that obviously doesn't work because you're trying to fix something that can't be fixed. And then it does end up mm. like breaking down later on. But if you're coming at from it from a point of view, of like, God, we feel so secure in this relationship and we're so happy. And we just like to include more people in that then i think that's that's like
2: yeah i think more um, people as well who as they get older are challenging traditional relationship patterns and you know cuz if you've if you've already had your family and that sort of thing why do you need to go down the traditional route of moving in together and then yeah. you know and and be and getting married and being monogamous and all of that sort of thing and having the same groups of friends and sherry parties or whatever yeah, it you yeah, yeah and sure. you know they don't they don't want that they want their own they want to keep their own homes yeah and to be freer yeah and to and to indulge their interests and more people are very very satisfied with lots of relationships yeah so. yeah i think it's like
1: we have always traditionally had just a very binary way of thinking i think haven't mm. we it's like yeah mm. mm. you're a single or you're coupled and you know you're a man or you're a woman and it's like you you're now we're mm. sort of we're realizing that there's millions of different ways to be a human and so the the relationships between different people also there are a million different ways that you can do it Mm. and even within this it's like i find you know sometimes you read stuff and it's like well either you're monogamous or you're polyamorous and then even the idea of polyamory there's like a set idea of what it should be and actually it's like oh no you can just figure it out for yourselves like within your Mm. relationship and just find what works for you in your specific setup mm.
0: yeah and there doesn't yeah. have to be a label i mean i mean yeah. one of my no, th- just... was what i was going to ask you like you know do you say i'm polyamorous Do you say we're non-monogamous do you say we're in an open relationship is there is there a label that you put to it you're just like i'm just fucking i sort of split japan, yeah, yeah. I,
1: mean, I sort of i sort yeah. of split between those really yeah 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 poly- yeah because i feel like polyamorous suggests that you do have this network of other people or, or other partners and regular partners, but I'm not quite in that situation yet. So I do just sort of say non-monogamous. Um, aspiring
0: polyamorous. Aspiring polyamorous, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm building the network.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out on yeah. LinkedIn yeah. trying to, yeah. trying to yeah. get my <laughs> polyamory network. Yeah. But it's, it's funny, the jealousy thing. My, my, my therapist is always like, <laughs> my therapist is like, you're very insecure. I'm very insecure about so many aspects of my life, you know, yeah. like, My job, you know, how I'm considered in my job or like, you know, how successful I'm doing or or all of these sorts of things. But I'm not insecure about the relationship at all for some reason. Mm. I, I think maybe that just speaks to the connection I have with my partner. The idea of her going off and having sex with someone else doesn't, It doesn't make me jealous. I'm just like, oh. Well, no,
2: because she comes back.
1: She comes back. And,
2: and, you know, so in so many ways, polyamory is reassuring because you you are still together. You're able to go off and do these things and still you want to be together. Yeah. And people don't think of that bit.
1: No, people just assume that you're going, if you go off and have sex with someone else, then they're going to decide that they like that person more and then they're going to go off with them. Because monogamy doesn't stop that from happening (laughs) you know yes yeah exactly it's not like you're just your eyes and then suddenly shut off to absolutely everyone else no no people go off and they find other people all the time and in a way i find monogamy almost like forces your hand sometimes you know like Mm. if if someone's having an affair with the secretary and then everyone finds out so then they've got to go off with the secretary but then they realize that actually maybe they prefer but you know because they've Mm. they've broken this monogamous bond like then you have to go all in with the new relationship with the affair Mm. Mm. whereas if you were able to go and have that affair and then come back to the relationship then you'd realize that that was the one that you that you really care about in the first place
0: it's interesting a couple of weeks ago, we had someone from Japan on, she's called Dr. Alice Patrick, and she talked about how in Japan at the moment, it, people, like, sex is really on the decrease. Like, no, yeah. and a lot of people are in relationships, and they don't have any sex in their relationships, but they will sleep with people outside the relationships. So when they do have sex, they'll have, like, they'll, they'll have these affairs going on, and it's almost like this unspoken thing going on. But it's sort of like, to them... They but they are in love with their partner and they would never dare leave them because there's for them their relationship or their in many cases marriage represents so much more now especially the longer it's gone on it's yeah. like this my my best friend my roommate that all, all that sort of stuff mm. but we don't have sex yeah but it's not really about that the marriage represents something different which is kind of where my question comes in now as well is where so the future for you and your partner I mean it, is something like marriage on the table is something like potentially kids on the table what would that mean for this sort of way yeah of going about things
1: yeah yeah that's a good question because also they, they talk about that in the ethical slot as well they sort of say you know mm-hmm. like it's it, the, the, the traditional idea of a of a relationship, it puts a lot of pressure on one person, you know, you're expecting to find this person who's going to be your best friend, mm. uh, um, you know, a, a responsible financial partner, someone yes. who can yeah. raise your kids perfectly. It's mm. like there's yeah. it's a lot for one person to do. And actually sort of the idea of having different people to do different roles in your life. It does yeah. make a lot of sense It's the way
2: it always was though I mean it's relatively recent That we've had this silly idea of the one Yeah I mean I'm not saying that people Can't have a monogamous relationship And be really really happy Because loads do Yeah But you can't expect one person To p- fulfil every single need And to be really upset when they don't Yeah And it's 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 expectations Of how people think they ought to be That cause breakdown of a lot of relationships Yeah exactly It's mm-hmm. it's, the, mm. it's the
1: rom-com It's the Prince Charming Kind exactly. of mentality. That we get drip fed, yeah. and like this one person's mm. gonna do everything that I need them to do. And yeah, yeah I mean, in terms of like having kids and, and getting married, I, I, I don't know. We we got married last year for visa reasons. It wasn't a very romantic yeah, yeah. wedding. Um just because of Brexit, it need, we needed to get the paperwork <sighs> done. Brexit. And yeah. um <laughs> and so uh I don't know. I'd quite like to have a party at some point. I don't I don't I don't yeah. want like a big traditional. Now, I just feel like I'm being a bit contrary, though. It's like, well, I've got monogamous, so now I'm not going to have a proper (laughs) wedding. I'm not even going to do it. I'm going to
0: have a massive sex
1: party. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to have like a shroom buffet, and I just want everyone in a warehouse. Um, That'd be sick. It would be quite fun. That is what (laughs) Martina said many (laughs) times. That's what she's quite keen to do. Um, yeah. and in terms of having kids I don't know I like I, I kind of like the idea of having kids in this kind of a relationship because that's the other traditional idea isn't it it's like yeah. you know you have the, the, the nuclear family and you have two parents but then there's also that phrase of like it takes a village you know and it's like mm.
2: exactly you know. and do you know something it's really changed over the years so like 15 years ago I used to see people um, coming and coming out to their kids yeah and their partners maybe in of whatever it was that they were into and it would be a terrible shock for the kids and they'd go into therapy and it would all be awful now people come for therapy to to, to discuss how to do it and they all come along together and they come out in the room and everything and the kids go yeah we know
1: yeah, 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 or, yeah. Or a, yeah! Well
2: done, Dad. This is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you two will be so much happier, polyamorous. This is what a great idea. Well done, you. I mean, it's completely changed. That's so yeah. cool, it's,
1: though. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
1: um, yeah. When I get, and I do think it's just like yeah, the idea of sort of raising people with a group you know if you had like these aunts and uncles who were your other partners Mm. or or, you know sexual relationships and they could come in and like help raise a kid yeah it takes like a whole group of people to help raise kids doesn't it so Mm. i think yeah i don't think we're ready to have kids anytime soon but If we did in the future, I'd love the idea that we had this network of other partners who we could all raise the kids together, you know. You can learn so much from lots of different adults teaching you. That sounds like a
2: great idea. But what would happen if one of your satellite partners wanted to have a kid with you? Yeah. Then Mm. that would be an interesting thought. Yeah, that would be
1: very interesting. I have thought about that before and we have sort of discussed that because Martina's not sure she wants to actually carry a child you know we sort of spoke mm. about you know the possibility of like adopting a child and then i sort of said well you know what if i had a, what if i had another girlfriend and she wanted to have a baby with me and martina was like i'd love that <laughs> martina loves looking wow. after kids oh, wow. Yeah, That's yeah. Brilliant. she loves looking after kids but she's not so wild about the idea of carrying one in her body for nine months so um mm. i think actually she would probably quite like that but again mm. Who's this person? It's like it'd be a dream to find this like this perfect person, but um, I think it's going to take a lot of searching to. Um,
2: but it does happen yeah. a lot with sort of gay couples, doesn't it? Sometimes they've got the you know whoever the the mother or the father is is sometimes yeah. um, involved. You know they share the the baby, yeah. and then maybe there's they split up, and then there are more partners, and so it becomes quite a wide group. Yeah, exactly. Looking after and bringing up this child. Yeah, which is yeah. great. I've,
1: I've got a i've got a friend in the states who's um her and her wife they had a baby with like a a sperm donor who was just like a guy that Mm. they met when they were on holiday and they they Mm. they all took like you do yeah and they all just literally just took mdma one night and then he did the deed into like a like a turkey baster or a syringe or something like that and they just put it into her wife and then they had a baby and you know he still lives in mexico but they go down and visit him and they have a really good relationship with all of his family and they've got this amazing sort of like extended family and now he's got his own kid with his wife who's like a you know a a half brother to their child and they go down and they all hang out and they have this like amazing sort of extended very alternative family i think it's really cool Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, wow! Yeah, and I love that, that is cool. Yeah, and so I'm, yeah, yeah. I think there are just there's so many different ways that you could you could go about it now.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: I mean we've spoken about finding partners is difficult, but your communication seems to be sound. Like is there is there anything else that's that's hard about it?
1: The hardest thing is is always feeling like you're doing something wrong. And it's kind of what my show's mm. about this year in Edinburgh. <laughs> it's like mm. I'm just trying to like do things that make me happy, you know, and sort of figure out like what you know, what works for me. And mm. at any stage that you try and do something a little bit different, there is always people um sort of like telling you that you're doing it a bit wrong or like um, making you feel a bit bad about it. And that it,
2: it's something that you have to try and like get over, you know? That's a huge mm-hmm. shame. I mean, do, do, who is it that's that's judging you? do you feel, or, or is it that you feel judged? Yeah,
1: it's just like friends, even family, you know? Like I had mm. people, you know, sort of be like, why are you jeopardizing your relationship by being non-monogamous? It's so irresponsible. You've got a great relationship, and now you're, you're, you're putting it at risk. And I was like, well, I actually think it's made us happier and it's made us closer together. But like people can't really get their head around it. And they're like, well, if you're going off and fucking other people, then, then you're going to fall in love with someone else. And then your, your, your marriage is going to fall apart. And it's like you do really get People saying stuff like that to you because
2: that could happen anyway, couldn't it? If it was going to yeah, happen, it, would yeah, it be could happen happening. anyway. It's more likely to yeah. happen, yeah. If you're frustrated and not fulfilled, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. All of that. And um, yeah, exactly,
1: yeah, and pretending you don't find other people attractive or anything, yeah. Yeah, my sister said to me, she was like, "Oh, if I was with, with a partner and they were having sex with other people, I'd always wonder why I'm not enough." And I sort of said, mm. "Yeah, but you don't think that about any other relationships that you have." You know, like we mm. we consider that a toxic relationship. If, mm. you know, every single time you said, I'm going to go see my family or I'm going to go see my friends. And yeah. then your partner went, why aren't I enough for you? I should be enough for you, you know? And that's, mm. Mm. And so I kind of feel like there's like, a, it's like a sliding scale of toxicity, isn't it? And there's like, yeah, there's things that most of us would consider to be toxic behavior, but then it sort of gets to a point And then that's sort of considered normal, you know? It's like Mm. the idea... Obviously, when you're in a relationship with somebody else, a monogamous relationship, you have friends and you have other relationships with other people and you go off and you have... And and if they were trying to stop you from having those relationships with other people, that would be abuse. But Mm. then it just stops at sex and it's like, but Mm. why? You know, that's just like an arbitrary line that we've drawn in the sand as a society and gone, that's where it's okay.
2: Well, actually... it, funnily enough it, it applies as well not just to sex but to things which people do which they consider loving things yeah. things that express their love so sex is one of them and of course things like, like cooking for somebody or DIY if you mm. get someone else in to put up shelves when your partner has said they're going to do it that partner who says they're going to do it and never has done it could get very angry that yes. he was the yeah. next door neighbour yeah. so yeah. that th- he, he was brought his tool round you know and the and then the same. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just steady on. <laughs> <the, the, the, laughs> but, but the same. I mean, I remember once this. in A massive row broke out because because while while this is, this woman was in hospital, um, her partner had gone round to someone else's house for a shepherd's pie, and she said, "What is wrong? I will never cook you a shepherd's pie again. Now you've eaten somebody at yeah. the yeah. shepherd's pie. This is not a client, by the way. So the, no, no, I'm not yeah, confidentiality, yeah, yeah, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not breaking confidentiality, but. maybe made me laugh so much. Yes. I mean, it wow. just was this so a, this ridiculous. is a, betrayal. It's a shepherd's pie. It's a betrayal. Yeah. Um, betrayed by a shepherd's yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. Like I've
1: seen like, so, you know, I mean, I spend all my time on social media, but you know, there's like sort of guys on the internet who are like, you know, it, hey, if your girlfriend goes out to the club and she lets another guy buy her a drink, then that's cheating. Oh, yeah. And you know, really? things like that, like that can be like crossing a line for some people. And I would consider that, obscene
2: jealousy and like toxic jealousy but it's really interesting you say that because sometimes couples do come you know in the olden days when people well maybe some people still do but people used to go to their religious leaders and they'd teach them how to be married yeah and they'd have classes and things well sometimes people do do go to therapy when they get back together after a breakup or before they get married or something and they they talk about what the pitfalls might be and one of the one of the main things to say is what do you consider infidelity yeah What Mm -hmm. is Mm. What is it? Because and it's so amazing what people come out with, and they're so surprised by what each other say. Yeah, and then when they stop mm. and consider it, quite often they go, Nah, actually, that's all right. Yeah, but you know, it's it's in their heads that you know if you text another woman, yeah,
1: it's, yeah, yeah,
2: it's you crossed a, a line. Yeah, you've crossed yeah. a line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's I, really I, interesting. I really would
1: not care if my partner had sex with someone else, but if she carried on watching a Netflix show that we've been watching together with someone
2: else, I'd be yes. furious, mate. That, yeah mm, that would be too the uh, ultimate
0: <laughs> it was funny. I was so I was so excited for this interview. I was talking about some with someone in this house earlier, and I was being like, oh, what sort of things like should we talk about? And they were like, you know what? It's not about the sex. If 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 I, if I came in and my partner was watching Netflix with someone else, and and like they got to a new episode, I'd be
1: fucking serious yeah. And I was like, that is so true. That is spot mm, on. I'd like, be so much yeah. more upset. They would cheapen yeah. our relationship much more than, than just having, yeah. Yeah, having sex with somebody else yeah
0: exactly yeah i know we're running out of time so i want to ask you more about the firstly about that show i have another question for you after but so talk to, so about the show talk to us where is it where can we find it oh what's please it, what else is it about yeah
1: so my shows um it's on it's it's called jack barry it's called don't happy be worry and it's on <laughs> it's on at the monkey barrel in edinburgh for so the entire fringe it's on at ten forty p.m it's a late night show so it's quite sexy so it's a good late night show yeah exactly yeah and yeah it's about this it's about sort of monogamy and getting married and starting therapy in the lockdown and trying to like work through my issues but at the same time just trying to navigate life and trying to find my own way of being happy and and maybe going against the grain and deciding to be non-monogamous and Yeah, those are those are the themes, I suppose.
0: Interesting. Oh, interesting. Well, I can't obviously. I I can't wait to go and see it. It's going to be great. Last question then for people because I'm think I'm sure the way that we've talked about this today, I feel like I'm sat here and I'm like, well, this this sounds amazing, and I think uh, most of that I think is down to what you said. you, You. you're, you be, your therapist may say you're insecure about other things but you sound so secure in this and, it's, and honestly it's, it's infectious yeah. and it's amazing <laughs> um, what advice would you have to people if they were like yeah this sounds like me how, how, what would be, be your biggest piece of advice
1: um, I mean my biggest piece of advice I think would be just communicate and just say everything mm-hmm. that you feel and And I'm sure you've spoken about this in, in the, in the podcast as well. Like we've all been growing up to be a bit repressed and to feel like sex is a bit of a dirty thing and it feels Mm -hmm, a bit uncouth mm -hmm. to really talk about it and to sort of, you know, tell your partner what you want, but actually communicating is the best thing. And, and if you want a certain sexual thing, or if you want a certain thing from the relationship, you're not going to get it if you don't tell them, if you tell them and they want something completely different, then maybe this relationship isn't going to work or you can find a way to compromise and find something that works for Mm. both of you. But if you don't communicate everything that you're thinking or everything that you want, then you're not going to be able to find that. So yeah, I would just say communication Mm. is the main thing. And just not being worried about jealousy, realizing that we have had it drummed into us, that we should be jealous. Mm. And it is a thing that you might still feel a little bit of but it is possible to unlearn it and to work through those feelings of jealousy that we've mm. been told are natural, which I don't think they really are. Agreed.
0: Um, Jack, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> to and see your show, which is the name again. I don't want to get it wrong because it's a great name. I'll
1: be there every day. Jack Barry, Don't Happy, Be Worry. at The Monkey Barrel at 10.40 p.m.
0: Yeah, lovely. Excellent. Jack, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for, for having us. me. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite, and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but
1: otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson.